Welcome to the DC Youth Podcast. I'm Drew Hansen, your youth minister here over at Deering Christian Church. We're broadcasting live from scenic Deering, Kansas. It's it's so beautiful over here. Um, you guys know I'm kidding. So um, we've got my friend Chris Tatsumi online. Um, he's a student at uh, Washington University in St. Louis. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris has been one of my best friends. I'll take that back. My best friend forever. And I enjoyed a lot of ba- uh, basketball and football games. Uh, you know, going to Iowa games and stuff like that with him. And uh, so we've had a we've had a long history. And I know that Chris is is studied up on some of the topics that we're going to talk about today. So, um, Chris, are you there? I am. <clears throat> one thing I want to say, you know. Is- when we were growing up, I was always the better athlete, so I appreciate your humility for you know inviting me on. Yes, um, don't Google that, but um, you know we'll figure that one out later. We can we can, <laughs> we can talk about that at some other time. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Chris, so you study uh, social work? Yes, yep. I'm an MSW student at Washington University, uh, and my focus is mental health. And so this is a graduate program, not just your your regular, you know, undergrad program, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm working already now as a counselor, and um, I'll finish up. I'll be done. I'll have my master's degree in about three months. Wow, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, I think that, you know, I bring you on because I think uh, a lot of times students don't really realize uh the concerns of mental health, maybe, mm-hmm. and and they don't really realize um, how they can help and how how they need to be aware of someone's mental health and how we can encourage one another and and build one another up in, in these processes. Because I think that um, we just kind of demonize the that world and we don't mm-hmm. want to we would, we don't want to love our neighbor in those situations. So, um, what would you say? What would you say is the right now, um, as you've been studying, is like one of the biggest concerns about mental health? Um, One of my biggest concerns, it really comes down to two things, and that's becoming um, first educated on it, and that's realizing the signs um, that we may have as individuals, um, but also, you know, to recognize the signs in our loved ones and just people that, you know, we interact with on an everyday basis. and with that is also the stigma with it. Um, so I think they actually kind of go hand in hand because it's not something a lot of times that we want to talk about. Um, but I think, you know, it's getting to the point now, um, I mean, with the suicide rates, depression, anxiety, like everything, and the more knowledge we're getting on, like it's not something that, you know, we just want to talk about. Like we need to talk about. Um, it's just very prevalent in today's culture when you look at um, the pressure people are under, um, social media now, uh, so, I mean, bullying, like every, everything is just more accessible. Yeah. The good things and the bad things. What do you think, um, what do you think plays into social media and, and that side of things in, in mental health? You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that that's a big thing for, for students out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That's a good question. Um, well, I think with social media, when you look at Facebook, you look at Twitter, Instagram, we look at everyone else's life and think, wow, this person has it all, get all together. This person's living a life. And then on the inside, we don't see ourselves doing that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with social media, I mean, every single person has at least done it where they're comparing their life to someone else. 
And we're all guilty of that at some point. And we even, I think, do it subconsciously. So it's becoming aware that, you know, just because someone's posting that they're doing this or, you know, they post this about being happy, like, that isn't necessarily the case. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we, we don't know what anyone else is going through, and we can't compare our lives to other people. Mm. And it also, um, I mean, with, you know, with Facebook, Twitter, I mean, chat room, it can be, you know, anything. And there's also an opportunity for more cyberbullying as well. It's, you know, it's easier to criticize someone, you know, behind the computer than it is to their face sometimes. So mm. I think those are um, are two big things. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Uh, I think you brought up a good point with comparing other people's lives to yours because we don't really necessarily see the bad parts of anyone's life on Twitter or Instagram. We mm-hmm. should just start that trend of just posting the monotonous, everyday, mundane things just to kind of counteract that sometimes, I think. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, well, I, yeah, go ahead. I mean, um, you don't know, like our culture anymore. It's, you know, all about showing strength, being, you know, we're doing things on our own. Mm. But there's a lot of strength and vulnerability, too. And mm. to be able to say, hey, look, I'm not okay. Mm. And the only way we're going to break that stigma is by people, you know, that, you know, that aren't okay and, and talking about it and, and being open about it and, you know, telling their loved ones, their friends, and doesn't mean you have to tell everyone. But if you're not doing okay, uh, you tell someone. Mm. Yeah. I, I think uh, where we're heading, this will be a good, a good story to tell. Um, but so my... I have bad teeth, all right? I just have bad teeth, um, and I'm prone to cavities. I'm prone to all of those things, um, and I didn't know that. My wife kind of let me in on some of that, like, man, you know, like your you your your teeth dig down. They're deep, you know. They're, they have deep uh, uh, on the top. They're really deep, and anyways, the long story short there is I always thought, like, I was embarrassed of that, and I was like, man, I just I don't brush my teeth enough. I don't brush my teeth enough, and I'm just getting all these cavities. And in all reality, I was brushing them twice twice a day. You know, like that should be enough. And um, what I what I have learned through my wife is like, no, like you couldn't really necessarily control that. No matter how well you ate and all the other things that went on, like I think that you would have probably still had cavities because of the way your teeth are. And I think that um, transitioning this into mental health is that we need to think of mental health as just like any other disability, right? And I think mm-hmm. that we don't really do that necessarily. We, for some reason, there, like you said, there is a stigma that's brought with uh, mental health. And and we need to realize that like it's something that we can't really control. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that. And even to add on to it, um, even looking at the part where it could be considered a disability, I would almost look at it in terms of a, a disease. Mm. Um, yeah, because um, it can be, it can be because of situations in life. It can also be chemically. Um, so a lot of the times, um, it, it's just you know when we look at, um, for example, like diabetes and things like that. Like we never look at a person and say, oh, you know, like they shouldn't have diabetes, or if someone has like cancer, we don't look at them and say, oh, they shouldn't, have, you know, got cancer. Exactly. And I, I believe you know the same should be said for for mental illness. Um, I think there's so much that goes into it that the person can't control. Mm. Um, and uh, just to add on more to that, I mean, there's also ways to look at it too. Like, you know, if someone breaks a leg, you go to the hospital. Exactly. But if someone is, you know, 
restless, depression, anxiety, or it can be eating disorders. There's so many different things. But if you're not feeling right mentally, and it's, it's getting really bad, and you know it is, and that's when we need to go in. That's when we need to, you know, to seek help. Yeah. And, I mean, it would just be crazy to think, hey, you have a giant headache. You have a severe headache. You need to take medicine for it. And someone mm-hmm. just refusing that. Or, you, like you said, go in the hospital. You got a broken leg. You kidding mm-hmm. me? Like, you need to be in the hospital then, or you need to go get checked out. So I think that breaking that is huge for our students because they need to realize, like, hey, I have an eating disorder. I have mm-hmm. anxiety. I have depression. All of those things can be an illness that need to be they need to be fought. And like you said, that there's a lot of strength in being vulnerable. And who knows, that might open a door for somebody else to, to speak up, right, and, and to talk about it and, and to really get help because – I think we're so consumed by ourselves a lot of times with Instagram and social media and we want to keep up our image that admitting our faults is awful and 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 uh and we don't want to admit that we're taking anything for that because that would that would mean that we're that we're less of a person, right? Um so what would you say to a student that um might be struggling in one of these areas? Um and I guess I should probably define some of these areas a little bit too, and maybe you can for me. But you know, like a anxiety or a panic attack, um, a depression, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, schizophrenia, right? Uh, bipolar disorder, PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder. All of those can probably be um, categorized as a mental illness, wouldn't you say, Chris? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so what would you say to somebody that uh, that might be struggling with one of those, or or maybe just like a mild case of it, or or a severe case of it? What would you say to them? I, mean, I think the, the first thing to do is just you know get help mm. and seek professionals, um, like any other illness. Um, and I know the barrier of that is stigma as well so um, I think also getting help you know to get to that point sometimes it's that stigma mm-hmm. and I would say to the person you know this is this is what's happening um, educate them on what's going on chemically in their brain and then also remember you know one in four people experience a mental illness mm-hmm. one in four mm-hmm. so you know when when you have like your youth group when they're you know when they're there, when you think you're with four friends, five friends, or ten people there, at least a couple of them likely have mental illnesses. Wow. And it's uh, so it's you know it's nothing to be ashamed about mm. because it, so many people have it. Yeah. Um, so I think getting over that barrier of accepting it, and then the next thing is realizing, you know, I need help. It's it's okay to not be okay. Mm. Uh, so many people need to hear that. You know, I need to hear that a lot of times too. Like, I'm, I, it's okay to just understand that you're, you're not okay right now, and that's not who you're gonna. That's not who you'll always be. I think that that's the scary part is acknowledging that might mean that I'll always be weird or I'll always feel this way. But in all reality, I think that with the help of medication and and the help of the transformation, transforming power of Jesus, I think that. You know, seeking those those um, people that really know what they're doing in these fields, um, 
they're really going to help you and you're not going to be the same person you're not going to stay the same person because because uh, you've you've really gotten you've really gotten help from wise counsel from friends from professionals and you know obviously the holy spirit and jesus are in there involved as well right i think you know i think that's a big part is you know understanding obviously the way that that jesus treated people hmm. and whether it's that kid at the lunch table that is just by himself um it could be the most popular person in school that always looks happy i mean either or is just as likely to have you know a mental illness so I think it's really important how we treat other, how we treat people on a daily basis, the little things. So you um, would say, say to someone. yeah, you you would say that there's no real excuse for treating someone, regardless of class, right? Mm -hmm. There's no real excuse no. because honestly, there's not really a way to really tell if someone has a mental mm -hmm. illness. It's pretty uh, easy to cover up, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, absolutely. And this is what I say to even adults, like we'll we'll be discussing. Um, you know, serving other people, how we're treating people. And a lot of times we look at it like the big things, like talking, you know, they'll start off, we're talking, oh, well, I'm talking to large, large groups, um, getting together with friends. And, you know, we look at those as a lot of deep things. But it's interesting how a conversation begins with things that aren't quite as deep and they get deeper as they go. And every time we have that discussion, we end with simply saying hi to someone, simply opening the door to someone. Mm. Um, just those little things, helping someone bring in their groceries, smiling at someone, you know, and I think sincerely asking someone, how, how's your day going? Mm. And it's interesting, when we really look at it, those are the deep things. And those are the things, if we can do consistently, there's, you know, we're going to change someone's life. We might not know it, but we will. And, mm. you know, we have to look how we feel, like, on a bad day. You know, if I'm not having a good day and someone comes up, hey, how are you doing? Like, it's good to see you. That, that makes me feel a little better. Yeah, and I think that does for for everyone. Yeah, I, th I think that's a that's a great place to start is is to 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 do the little things, and I I mean our students need to realize that because I think a lot of times we just want to go for the gold, and we want to be um, a part of uh, whatever's on on the internet or buzzworthy, and we want to be doing those things to be recognized. But in all honesty, those things aren't going to be recognized. Um, by social media or the media, but they're going to be recognized by that individual, and that's who Jesus Absolutely. was. That's who Jesus was looking after. You know, he drew crowds because he was interested in individuals, not really in, interested in the crowds. And I think that, mm -hmm. that that's where we need to be. That's the world we need to live in: is looking at people and how they're wired, and understand that we're wired in the image of God, and that we all have value, and that we all uh, we all learn uh, that that we need to to, to trust people. Um, to to lean into them so that they can know who Jesus is, and that looks exactly like you said, Chris. Is man just uh, taking some groceries, walking groceries out to patting somebody on the back, and I love what you said. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're the most popular kid in the school or they're the the uh, the the smelliest kid in the school. It, it's not going to matter. And I, I think mm -hmm. that I think that showing that grace and that passion and that love to all is really the, the difference. And I think that, mm -hmm. that that's that, because in all reality, I, would, I wouldn't be thinking that way. I'd be, I'd be thinking, well, I'm going to go to the, the, the weak, the, the mm -hmm. hurting. And that's, that's one way to look at it. But I think in an upside down way, some of the most popular people are, 
are the weak ones because they have to depend yeah. on everybody else for that self confidence. Yeah, hey, uh, I think whereas I think the popular people sometimes even have more pressure, like you said, and and then like in society, like you you know mentioned Instagram, we display a persona that isn't really us, but then we feel we have to live up to it. Mm. So we're yeah. living up to a standard that is higher than it should be. But in reality, that standard that we're setting, that thing we're trying to achieve, isn't even who we are at the deepest part of ourselves. You know, when we start running after something that isn't right, and we're trying to live up to these impossible expectations, and we keep falling short and falling short, and even if we get there, that's still not us. And it's just a never-ending cycle. And you know, that's where we get ourselves in, in trouble. And that, that's not just for a person you know, has mental health, it's for all of us. Yeah. You know, it's for, it's for everyone. Man, that's that's just unbelievable. You know, thinking about it that way, it's just like, why would you do that to yourself? But we do it. We mm-hmm. all do it at some level. We we really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, that's one of the things that we were going to cover is, man, what do you say to someone that you know is hurting, that you mm-hmm. know has a mental illness? And that's, do exactly what we're saying. Do the little things, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's one thing that we really – we've really got to talk about is, you know, you need to tell your parents. You need to talk to your parents. Your parents are the, the ones that are always going to care for you. They're always going to be there for you. And if, if you're fortunate enough to have both of them, you need to go to them and sit down and say, hey, I, I, might, I might have an issue. And I'm mm-hmm. not ashamed about it, but I just know I need to get help. And, you know, mm-hmm. being able to trust that they're not going to freak out, that they're going to love on you, and everything is going to be... It's going to be okay because your parents, they care about you. They love, they love you. And I think that when we try to bear these burdens by ourselves, man, it just it takes, it takes it to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. We need to tell the people that love us most, the people we're closest to. And we need to tell our parents mm-hmm. if we're going through this because then we can you know, start getting help, and they're aware of that. Uh, school counselors, if they're available, letting them know. Um, so, like you said, you know, just being, you, know, like, you don't tell everyone, but at least tell a couple of people that you're very close to that can help you. Mm. Yeah. Man, Chris, I I really appreciate you, and I really appreciate what, what you've been doing and, and what you've been doing on social media as well. And so we're going to give you a shout-out um, on on Twitter and Instagram. What is, yeah. what is, what's your what's your uh, handle? Uh, my, my Twitter handle is C... A Tatsumi, T A T S U M I, and with that one, it's just more geared towards um, just reducing the stigma in mental health and educating people on it. I like to use a lot of positivity quotes, mm. um, just different things that are hopefully lighten up people's day. Yeah. Um, and my Instagram account is C Tatsumi um, without the A in it. So if you are more than welcome to follow me on that as well. That's awesome. Um, we've been asking. Uh, the, the last podcast we had we asked uh, one of our students Mitchell um, and and we're just gonna we're gonna ask you Chris well, who's who's your favorite follow on Instagram my favorite follow on Instagram hmm that's a good question I don't I don't know who follows me on Instagram my friends you <laughs> um, on Twitter it would probably be I don't know I have a lot of um news people in Phoenix that follow me. Hmm. Um, I work for the news, and that's, I mean, that's kind of cool. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure who my favorite follower is, actually. What about your I, favorite I, person to follow? My favorite person to follow? Um, that would be, for me, probably Susan Cain. She's an author, and okay. um, she's an introvert, like I am, so I was able to learn, you know, I'm able to learn a lot from her. Mm. Um, and then also, uh, I just lost my, uh, Carl, Carl Lentz. Mm. Yeah, Carl Lentz is a pastor. Oh, I love Carl Lentz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I got it, so like, yeah. What about, uh, what about some music? You got any good music you're listening to right now? Yeah, I mean... We talk about it quite a bit. I mean, I'm sure everyone knows, obviously, about, like, Lecrae and Domenio. Um, I mean, man, that's... I, I've really liked Thistle lately. I've been listening to him a lot. Um, Tadashi came out with a new song today, actually. Um, I listen I listen to a little bit of everything, a little country, a little classical, and I uh, just try to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm always trying yeah. to find something. Yeah. That's awesome. But I think, I think uh, it's... Music's an important thing for a lot of us. Like, it can be positive, it can be negative. So uh, I've been trying to focus on, you know, positive messages, that's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, we just want to thank you for, for being on, and and uh, we just hope that this encourages and, and uplifts and edifies our students, and, and then that they'll realize that, man, maybe this isn't as weird as I'm making it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love you, man, and uh, we'll talk soon. Love you too. All right. See you, buddy. God bless.